it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by... Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 132. Tonight, Andrew and I are going to listen to a few clips from our Uncle Warren, uh, Warren Buffett, that is. And we're going to, I picked out some different interviews and picked out some different clips and I'm going to play them for us. And then Andrew and I are going to comment on those as well. So hope you guys enjoy. And without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Uncle Warren and let him do his thing. Well, if you own stocks like you'd own a farm or apartment house, you don't get a quote on those every day or every week. Or, and I think you look, you look at the business. And uh, the value of American business depends on how much it delivers in cash to its owners over between now and Judgment Day. And, and I don't think it changes in 10%. Yeah, I like this one. Was this from a recent um, Berkshire meeting? It sounds very familiar. Uh, it's an interview that he gave uh, on TV about a year ago. Yeah, I remember that interview. I think it was with Becky Quick on CNBC. That's <laughs> correct. Right. I'm, I'm really um, nerding out now. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I really like that quote by Buffett. Obviously, when you look at the market and you see the wild swings, we've you know the the one of the things that's been on my mind lately is the big moves in a lot of these different stocks um, based on just the smallest of news. And so you'll see these huge swings and it really goes against what, you know, is a business really losing, let's say 10% of its earning power or gaining 10% of its earning power within the period of a few days I think that's that's kind of hard to imagine, and yet we see these huge swings in price with a lot of these stocks, and so it it, it kind of makes me laugh to think that there's there's ideas that you can't find value within these wild swings, and I think especially when you're looking at a prolonged bull market or you're looking at a very pessimistic bear market there are going to be a lot of wild mispricings. And so that can lead to a lot of opportunity for investors and particularly investors that 
can be a little more rational and level-headed and have this old-school Warren Buffett business owner type approach to the stock market. And so I think, you know, it's kind of starting with that quote right there. I, I like it because it really defines how we look at the stock market and kind of where that competitive advantage is, right? Because if you're going to try to buy stocks and you're going to try to at least be as good as the market or try to beat the market, you have to really know where your edge is and what that is. And so by defining it as, hey, I'm going to be a business owner, I'm not going to freak out and and try to check the quote every day, but I'm just going to believe in the business and find the businesses that are not being recognized by the market. Then when you recognize and kind of set that as your advantage point, then from there you can figure out what you want to focus on and figure out that this is going to be the way that you're more likely to make gains in the market. It's not going to be from insider information, you know, it's not going to be from being a superior market timer. This is where the bread and butter is going to be made. And so again, focusing on that and not worrying about all the other aspects of the market, I think can help confirm that behavior. If if you have that mindset, you can reinforce that behavior within yourself and hopefully lead to better returns and better results. And I think it all starts with the mindset and Buffett lays it out very perfectly there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And the thing that always strikes me when I listen to him talk is a couple things kind of always come through. One, the conviction with which he is talking about his ideas and his thoughts. You know, he you can tell that he absolutely believes in what he's saying. And the other thing that always comes through to me is how simple he makes it sound. Uh, we all know it's not simple. Uh, he's obviously a, a brilliant man and it's not simple, but like you were saying, he, he's, he, he's figured out how to control his emotions and turn out the no tune out the noise to help him just think about the status of the business as opposed to the wild fluctuations that are going on with Mr. Market in the market itself. And I think those are the things that always kind of really come across to me whenever I hear him talk about his ideas about investing and his thoughts on that. And I think this little snippet here really kind of illustrates that because he keeps talking about the business and the cash flows of the business as opposed to, you know, what an analyst is saying or what the news is talking about the company is talking about simply the cash flow from the business of what's actually happening with the business as opposed to, you know, all the other noise. And I think that's the thing that always really strikes me whenever I listen to him talk. You can just hear it in his tone. It's it's not even that he believes it. It's like, he's just speaking facts and he's yeah, just really exactly. laying out, Hey, this is how it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's coming from a place where he, he absolutely believes what he's talking about. And this is a completely rational, factual thing. Like there's not, there's not argue. You can't argue with what he's saying. It's just like, this is just a matter of fact way of talking about it. And it's, it's it always strikes me that way. And you can't argue with his results either. No, no. The, the way really he can't. invests, he's, he's a part business owner. He, they buy businesses on the whole. They they buy stocks and not all of them work out, but a lot of them do where they're just holding it forever and just collecting those cash flows. And so you can just look at this track record just to see where his conviction comes from. 
Yeah, exactly. And he he always talks about that in his letters and his in his uh, talks about how he's a better investor because he's a better businessman and he's a better businessman because he's a better investor. And he really feels like they're they're very in, entwined. And he credits a lot of his success to becoming a great investor because he's been a good businessman and vice versa. And I, I love that. If you're investing. If I'm going to buy a half interest in a McDonald's stand and you're going to run it, or a McDonald's franchise, you're going to run it, I look to the business to determine whether I've made a good investment. And I'm, I'm concerned about you know whether we have new competition, how we do over the years. But it's the business I look at. When you're just looking at the price of something, you're not, you're not investing. I mean, if, if, if you buy something, Bitcoin, for example, or some cryptocurrency, uh, you're not looking to the asset itself to produce anything. If you buy an apartment house, you're looking at how the apartment house does. If you buy a farm, you're looking at the farm does. If you buy a whole business, you're looking at how the business does. If you buy a part of a business, why shouldn't you look at how the business is going to do? I really like that. So I'm going to relate it to what I've seen personally in, in the past couple of years. Um, I'm not going to give away the stock tickers because these are recommendations that e-leather subscribers pay for. But I'm just going to lay it out as these different types of stocks. So I have a stock I bought. That's in the financial industry deals with asset management. I have another one that is in retail, um, more particularly like the mall stores. And then I have a third one that is chemical company, um, that which is a very big generalization because they do all sorts of things and um, they have different segments that are some are more profitable than others and uh, it's it's a very confusing business, but each of these so each of these have had kind of better times to own the stock and, and worse times to own the stock. So I'll start with the asset management biz- business, and this is one that um, I started out. It, it it turned out pretty good, and then uh, it was a dividend fortress, and then things just really really went south. So the stock dropped. 20, 25%, something like that, and kind of stayed down there for a really long time. And even even to this day, um, it's starting to hover around where I bought it at, but it's just, it's really one of those stocks that, that leaves a, a sour taste in your mouth, right? And I'll contrast that to the chemical stock I also bought. This one I, I, I bought into several times. Um, the first two times I bought in, the stock continued to rise, and it, it was, one of the top performers, not not like top three, but maybe like top five, something like that. And so it was a stock that was it was really, really a fruitful investment. And then some of the commodities that were involved um, in this industry took a turn. And you know the way commodities work is they're not all perfectly in tune with the economy. So some might have a downtime while others have an uptime, and that could be independent of the overall economic cycle. So with this one, I added again because it still looked like a good value. And the third time after I added, then now it dropped and it went it it dropped pretty far where my previous gains kind of got erased. And now it's it's starting to work its way back up. But it's still at a substantial loss. I think like. 10 or 20% to my portfolio. And so as I look at some of the, like these two in particular, which are 
the two stocks that really budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Are gla- the, the two glaring weaknesses in my portfolio as of right now, right? So, so the reason I, I bring these two stocks up is when Buffett talks about you know, looking at what the what your investment does, what the price of it's done, and then what the business has done. It's very easy for me to look at both of those stocks and because they have been two of the worst performers as of the past 12 months, to really just hate on both of those businesses, irregardless of what's going on inside the business. Just you look at the, you see red, you look at the negative percentages, you look at that cost basis and then how much it's it's worth now and and it, it it can be very frustrating right whether you have one mistake or or 20 but you know when i look at these two what i really need to do and uh something that buffett's kind of speaking to here is instead of looking at what's what's the stock price done look at how the financials have done so in my case the asset management business their top line and bottom line have been f- flat, if not s- like slowly declining. And for the 
the chemical business, they are seeing these swings. And in their past five years, things have gone up quite a bit. And then they're just starting to decline. So really, you have one stock that's kind of been floundering for like five years and one who's just just starting to kind of flounder. And the future looks a little bit uncertain and like things aren't going to continue in the straight line. So I'm kind of trying to paint the picture of these two different businesses. And so from a Buffett point of view, I think it makes a lot of sense to look at the chemical business and say, well, it's had such great success up to now. And just because all of that success really brought a lot of popularity uh, with the stock and it really got bid up pretty high. And so at the first sign of that prosperity slowing down, then uh, a lot of investors fled the stock. Whereas with the the asset management company, things have been flat for a while and there's there's just really no no sort of growth at all, either looking into the future or looking at the past. Um, and so I think what Buffett would speak to if he were talking to me uh, and looking at the situation is like, hey, don't get too worried about the stock that went up really high and then went down a lot. When you understand that the business is still fine and over the very long term, it's growing and having a nice trend and kind of contrasting that to the other one where it's like, Hey, maybe this business might be a little bit more problematic because of the declining revenue and the declining earnings. So I think looking at it from that perspective, rather than just writing off both of these stocks as they lost me more money than any other stock in my portfolio. So I just either going to cut those losses or you're just going to, look at these stocks and and never want to touch them again because you know sometimes a great opportunity in your portfolio can be the the very stocks that are beaten down and maybe those are the stocks you need to re up on um and if you're bringing this mindset that well the stock has gone down I don't I don't want any part of it anymore that can you know that can lead to a lot of missed opportunity and and really when you start to have a mindset where you're thinking one way against the stock and, and it's kind of unfair to the business, I think that can craft your decision-making and lead to bad buy-or-sell decisions in the future. Hey you, what's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. I would agree with that. And I, I, I like how you are using the business model as a basis for making the decision as opposed to the price and just what's going on with the price. And I think that's really what what uh, Warren was trying to get at was that you need to look at the business itself and try to ignore as much as you can what really is going on in the stock market because there are so many forces at play with different companies that we're not really you're not really going to have a good true sense of how the company is going to do for a period of time. And, and I was listening to a podcast uh, from uh, that Toby Carlisle was doing recently. And one of the things that he talked about, which really kind of struck me, and I think uh, Warren Buffett would probably say the exact same thing was value investing can be painful because it sometimes can take a while for the company to 
realize what you think it's worth. And that could be year, two years, three years, five years before you see what you really think the company is worth. And you may have to endure some dips and maybe even some dramatic ones like Andrew was referring to with a couple of the companies he was talking about. And I think that's something that can be very stressful and turn people off about this kind of investing, you know, value investing over the last, what, eight to 10 years has not done the greatest compared to other styles of investing, but it seems to be making more of a comeback. And I know that Warren Buffett really, his style of investing really kind of can take a beating when there's a long, uh, bull market. But when there is downturn in the market, that's really when he makes his hay. And it's really because he's looking at his view doesn't change based on the mood swing of whether everything's going up or whether everything's going down. He's still looking at the basic function of the business. Is this company producing what they produce? Are people still buying it? Is it still making money? And if all those things are still true, then even though the stock price may have gone down 30 or 40%, all the other characteristics of why he buys the company and why he's interested in it are still the same, then he knows through his experience in all the time that he spent in the market that the, that the price will rebound eventually. And so he's basing all of his investment decisions on the actual business as opposed to the price fluctuations from day to day, month to month, year to year, because a lot of that time that can be noise and it could be things that you really have no control over. But when you're looking at the income statement for Walmart, it's, you know, it's going to tell you what's really going on with the company and Irregardless whether it's at $70 a share or it's $102 a share, the underlying business is it selling what it's supposed to sell? Are people buying it and are they making money? You know, is their profit margin stay the same? Are all those things still the same? Then it's still the same business, irregardless of the ups and downs of, of the price. And I think that's really what Warren's trying to say here. Yeah. You bring up the, you know, looking at the income statement as example. Walmart or or some other stock you're looking at. And I don't know if I've said this in the past. I'm going to say it again if if I did. What I like to do, I have a spreadsheet where I have every stock that I own. And you know, you can be fancy like I am and and set it up so it synchronizes with the market and so you you kind of get um live ticker data and everything like that. But really that's a nice feature to have, but I'm not focusing on that. Uh, when it comes to maintaining a portfolio, what I do on this spreadsheet is I have a column and I put the month for every stock on there. What month does their next annual report come out? And then I either leave the box uncolored or colored. And so every month I can look at that spreadsheet and I can look at which stocks have annual reports coming up and then I can update my VTI spreadsheets with the new annual report, you know, look at that income statement, look at the new balance sheet and look at the cash flow statement. And now I have context on how the business is doing from year to year to year. And I think that's been very, very helpful for me to keep myself grounded regardless of, of how the stocks move in the market. I'll give one more example because I think this 
is another way to look at it, but from the other side. So I have a stock that I bought in, I think it was early 2015. The ticker symbol is LRCX, Lamb Research, and it's been the best stock I've ever bought as far as the life of the portfolio so far. And so this is a stock, luckily I got in when the price to book was something ridiculously low, like something like 1.5 or something. And just whatever happened with it, you know, tech's been crazy over the past few years. Semiconductors have blown up. Um, Certain stocks like AMD and Micron, they've really shot to the moon. And so other companies that really support these stocks and sell to these stocks have made a lot of money too. So Lamb Research is one of those who are not directly in semiconductors, but they work with semiconductor equipment and 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 you know have have their various products and and everything like that so that a lot of the sectors related to just kind of tech in general really took off um through those years and so i finally sold it a, a couple months ago and it was a really tough decision for me to do because this thing was like my darling you know every every month i would look at the portfolio i would see those return numbers based on how these tickers are moving. And it was like lamb research never failed. It, it always made my portfolio look good. But they, the most recent annual report they had uh, showed that they very, very aggressively went into debt. Like the debt to equity just shot up. And that is something that that is really concerning to me as an investor. Uh, not only that, the price to book had risen to a point where it was somewhere like seven or eight. So that in a, in and of itself is, is a huge kind of marker for overvaluation. Um, and when you combine that with what's going on with the business, I didn't like how much debt they were piling on. It, it just didn't make sense to me that they were having so much success and so much growth, yet now they were being super aggressive with their debt. And so I made that tough decision and I sold it. And you know, it has gone higher since I've sold it, but it's it's one of those things where I, I just have to stay grounded and understand that if I'm going to really look at a stock as a business and if the business starts to do something that you really don't like and it goes counter against your values to me as an investor with my values, I like stocks that keep it conservative. Uh, or reasonably conservative. And so when a stock kind of steps out of that boundary, then I'm just going to have to cut ties. And so whether that's a stock that's been a darling to me or been, you know, a huge embarrassment and disappointment, the action is the same. And in order to get to that action, you need to have the right focus and, and be looking at the right things. And so I think that's two different ways you can kind of apply what Buffett has said and use that to to make smart decisions with your portfolio. Moving on to the next quote. And, and people, if they just think of stocks as pieces of business, they'd be so much better off than thinking of those little things that move around in price. And, and, and I think with Berkshire, we have an unusual number of people, the shareholders, who just look at Berkshire as a business. They look at it as a savings account. They put some money in 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. We retain it and reinvest for them, but we're, we're their savings account. And, and, uh, okay, Dave, I'm going to put the spotlight on you now. Are you a Berkshire shareholder? I am. Okay. 
<laughs> I mean, I sh- I sh- that shouldn't have even been a question, right? I should have known right off the bat. Are you? <laughs> well, of course. So of course. I'll, I'll tell you one story. I don't know if I've, I've told this on the air or not yet. So I went to Omaha and I'm blanking on whatever year it was, but it was somewhat recently. And it was amazing to me to see all the different people that are there and really how this one man in this city in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska really was able to bring all these people together. And when you go to one of these events as a, as a Berkshire shareholder, you just, you can be, you can be a shareholder and just have one Berkshire share, one share of Berkshire B, which is like $300 or something. And you're allowed to go to this uh, annual shareholders meeting that they hold every year. And it's now like a huge conference thing. I would say it's probably the most popular sort of investing place or event that we have as of now. Oh yeah. Um, you know, sure. you, you, I don't know. You have, you have CNBC. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not able to think of, of like a, a, uh, something that's similar to that. Um, so I know I've, I've talked in the past about how I went, but it was just, it was, it was amazing to me to talk to somebody who said, yeah, basically my financial strategy has been buying Berkshire shares and now he's a millionaire. I think that's, it can really go to show that the way that a lot of money is made in the stock market is not necessarily have to do with all this effort, right? A lot of sweat and work isn't always correlated with with wealth and i think it's because of the way buffett has structured his investing the way he looks at business the way he understands how wealth creation the compounding of earnings all of these things take a lot of time and so as somebody who's trying to make money in the stock market you can look at it as well i'm going to try to really muscle my way into more money or you can look at somebody like Buffett and understand that these are the the shareholders of Berkshire were really people who just kind of partnered with Buffett whether Buffett knew them personally or not they trusted their money to Buffett and Buffett was able to use the money that Berkshire had to buy businesses outright or to buy part ownership in businesses through stocks and let the businesses inside of that really grow the capital. And so as an individual investor yourself, when you look at your money in that way, instead of trying to be clever or, or trying to you know, really look at the most highly risky stocks, the ones that are the most exciting, the ones that make the headlines, instead, if, if you think of the slow and steady long-term approach then you know if you find the right couple stocks or the right you know you find your Warren Buffett so to speak then it can be kind of like putting money into a savings account and seeing it explode after several decades like 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 the Berkshire shareholders have seen so a lot of like power with with what he's saying and he's lived it and he's seen it and it's just amazing how 
you can contrast what Buffett has done and the the wealth he's built with a lot of different other ventures, I guess, through Wall Street that have not been nearly as successful. And if you boil down his approach, it's really kind of boring, slow, patient, and prudent. And it can be a great, great, great way to to really build your wealth. It's 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 fascinating to see. It really is, and it's it. You know, I keep coming back to how how simple he and and Charlie Munger always you know talk about. To them, it's it's finding good businesses and investing in them, and finding people that are going to run them the way that they would you know like to see them run, and just kind of sitting back and enjoying the ride and, you know, not worrying about all the different machinations that go on in, in wall street and trying to get too fancy. I mean, they just, you know, they, they talk a lot about the too hard pile and, you know, Warren is, is famous for his reading as, as well as Charlie is. And you know, darn well that they're reading through everything and they have, you know, ideas of what companies they would want to purchase and things. I mean, Berkshire's in a a way different situation than, you know, than I am. And obviously uh, that goes without saying, but, uh, you know, their, their investment thesis and what they're trying to do is completely different than what we're trying to do. But the, 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 the basic premise is still the same, you know, trying to find a, you know, a great business at a good price and, investing in it and just sitting back and letting them do all the work and it doesn't need to be super hard super complicated you know very involved you know with higher level math and all those kinds of things it it just doesn't need to involve that but you know learning how the business works and learning what it is that they do and it's like anything else you know the more you do it the better you're going to get at it and the more time that you put in doing those kinds of things. And I was thinking about what Andrew was doing with his spreadsheets and having, you know, when the annual reports are going to be coming out for all those companies. And I, I could pretty much guarantee that, you know, after four or five years of looking at the same company's annual reports, he could pick up a tenor of what's going to be said and he can see the, decisions that the management makes and it all starts to make a lot more sense because the more you familiarize yourself with what the company does and how they do what they do and who it is that are running the companies the more comfortable you're going to be with what is actually going on with the business and it's i mean it's a little bit i guess like dating you know as you first meet somebody and you get comfortable with them and you learn how they do their things and eventually you're finishing other each other's sentences and making them a sandwich without even having to ask for it so you know all those kinds of things it's just a familiarity with what it is you're doing and i think that's what strikes me so much about what it is that Warren does and and again how simple he makes everything seem and it just strikes me that he's so you know convicted and he just really understands what it is that he's doing just because he's he's put that knowledge that he's earned to work and it's work for him yeah it's so inspiring and i just love the way in all three quotes he's just very simply and you know, it's a very simple yet clear yet easy to understand message. And I think I, I, I don't think he would be 
so vocal about about those things if you didn't believe that regular people like you or me could could you know it's not like we're gonna surpass him or anything like that with with our performance but in some way kind of follow in the footsteps and do good enough where the effort is worth the while and so you know just by listening to him or reading one of his books um I I have one above my fireplace right now called the Essays of Warren Buffett, um, where it's a collection of of the different annual report. What do they call them? The shareholder letters that he's done for for these uh, annual shareholder meetings, uh, something like that. Or I've I've recommended this book in the past, The Warren Buffett Way. That one's a really great book and really clearly lays out. Um how Buffett has invested in, and done really well. And I, I think it's, it's very inspiring to me. It's, it's always been inspiring when I first started. And as I continue to invest every day, it, it's, it's, it continues to inspire me. And I feel like there's always something to learn from Buffett himself. So I, I, I think, you know, we can learn a lot from it and I think there's a lot of potential there if we just pay attention and listen and, and really just try to apply the simple yet really foundational concepts that Buffett lays out. And I think there's been one theme that's kind of ring through all three of these quotes. And it's really, you know, look at it as a business, your part ownership of a business. It's all about the business. Stop thinking about the stock market. All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our discussion for this evening. I hope you enjoyed uh, our quotes from Uncle Warren. I enjoyed grabbing them for us to listen to and for Andrew and I to have our little conversation. I thought it was very interesting to hear how Warren had his kind of theme and he really stuck to it. And he, he definitely has a conviction to what he's saying and all the principles that he's taught us. Uh, have have been fantastic and you know he definitely shows us that this is something that we can all do and we can do it so without any further ado i'm going to go ahead and sign us off you guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety emphasis on the safety if we don't hear from you have a great new year and we'll talk to you next year we hope you enjoyed this content seven steps to understanding the stock market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real life examples Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.